DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Steve Cleveland on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Steve, good morning. Morning, guys. So, Steve, we got a question up on our Facebook page, and a lot of people are weighing in on this. The Bucks blasting Phoenix in Game Three. Is this the beginning of the end for the Suns? Have the Bucks figured him out? And Giannis has back-to-back forty-point games, and he's unstoppable. And hey, the team with the best player often wins playoff series, and he's the best player. Or hey, Phoenix gave one a lot of way. There's a lot of emotion in the building, but they'll win Game Four, go home and close it out in the desert in Game Five in front of their home fans, and have a big old party in Arizona. Which way are you leaning right now? I, you know, just watching that game and seeing how desperate <laughs> the Bucks played and collectively as a group, you saw kind of what their potential. We haven't seen that look in, in, in obviously in the first two games at the Suns. There's a lot of things, a lot of good things that the Bucks did that would uh, indicate that they have the capacity and capability of taking this to seven games. I, I have more of the opinion that uh, this thing goes up. Now that, and that's just on one game. But if you were to ask me after the next day after watching that game and look at how and the things that they did, the adjustments that the Bucks made, um, yeah, I, I, I don't see this thing being done at five, personally. I, I, I think it's more likely six or seven. Now, the Bucks have not played well in Phoenix. I mean, I say that, but game one, actually, they, they – Shot 45% from the field and 44% from uh, uh, the three-point line. So they haven't shot well there in game one. They had they had opportunities. Man, they were dominant last night. And, you, and, and Giannis is Giannis, and uh, the fact that he's now had multiple 40-point games. But it just seemed to me that Holiday and Middleton were more comfortable at home. Uh, Portis came off the bench and gave them good minutes. Uh, they, they just they just seemed to have a a next level, a next gear in that game, and especially closing out games uh, in the end of quarters. I mean, they just took over, and that's what the Suns have been really good about. They go on runs in a game that may be a four or five point game, and they go on an eight zero run or a nine zero run to get some, you know, to kind of get that separation. But it was Milwaukee who went on, a, I think, a forty to nine run, closing out the second and third quarters, where even when the Suns would come back. The Bucks always had an answer, and uh, so, you know, and and and, and I think when you start looking at the Suns. Crowder has been amazing, to be honest with you, and and uh, he's been such an inspiration to the Suns. Had another big game, but I don't know how Bridges takes four shots. Uh, obviously, you got to give the Bucks some credit. Uh, Paul is always going to play well. Booker did not play well, so it's not often. Booker hasn't had any many off games. But certainly the not getting the scoring from Booker and Bridges, but a lot of it you got to give credit to the Bucks. I mean that they just played with an intensity that they have not played with. And you're right, the emotions of being at home, um, they look really good, and uh, and Giannis looked really good, and confidence is everything. And uh, so we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. I, I think just the main thing is the Bucks just played harder, they played tougher. Uh, 20 to 2 in second chance points. Uh, Aiden got in foul trouble, which they, the Suns talked about, uh, you know, being able to have enough bodies to take care of Giannis. But when Aiden's in foul trouble, they're a different team.
One of the things that I liked in the box score is Antetokounmpo 0 for 2. What I mean by that is from 3 because it seems like it's a wasted possession relative to his ability to shoot it from distance and also the fact that he's virtually unstoppable down low. I think he was like 12 for 12 or something like that in the restricted area. So I don't want to see this guy pull up for 3 at all from a coaching standpoint. Where do you stand? I completely agree. I mean, hey, if they're up 15 or 20 and there's four minutes left in the game, go ahead and take one. Yeah. Otherwise, don't shoot it. And uh, one, one thing that's always a little curious to me is that, I mean, he has a lot of ways to get into the post. He can just dribble and back them down. But I'm surprised that they don't do a few things with some down screens and cross screens and, doing, and getting some mismatches inside. You know, take and, and I, I haven't. They haven't doubled a lot, but but what what would happen if you you know you all of a sudden uh, Middleton or Drew Holiday or whomever uh, Connaughton maybe sets a little cross screen down screens get him get him a catch right there where he's at the rim. I know they'll pack it in and do things, but it just doesn't seem like there's anything being done to get him in positions. I mean, he gets himself in that position and is pretty effective. But why not get some matchup situations and, and give him as many opportunities to catch that thing close to the basket? And I, and I know, I know this, is not, this is a league where we don't do a whole lot with bigs in, in terms of setting screens or uh, running little quick hitters to, to get him the ball inside. Then, and then especially when their guards aren't shooting well, they're struggling like they did in games one and two at times, uh, you get wide open looks. You just get wide open looks because two people always guard Giannis down low. Now I think what they're doing works, and I, and I think when he can push it in transition and get deep and score or find guys. But I do I do believe that there are opportunities out of dead balls and timeouts where they they can get those kind of opportunities and get wide open threes when they've got two or three guys on them. So no, I cannot stand him shooting threes. And then there may be a time five years from now where he can do that. And he, you know, he'll shoot them sometimes when the game there's separation in a game. But he cannot shoot that ball. That hurts that team. Miss or make it hurts the team. And what happens when he misses two is it starts long, quick breaks. The ball, the rebounds are long. Boom, they're in transition. They they don't they can't get back defensively in, in, in a situation like that. So no, no threes for Giannis. Let's win a championship with the things that got you there. And the three ball is not, you know, and if Middleton and Holiday are solid and Giannis is solid, this goes seven games. And I don't see any reason why they won't. They're going to play another game at home. They don't have a great bench, but Connaughton, Portis, or I think Connaughton might have even started. I can't remember. But uh, having Portis come off the bench and give them some minutes is good well. So, Thunder come back. They'll, they'll play better. But I still believe that uh, – uh, I, I don't. I don't think Suns can beat him in Milwaukee. So Aiton's been uh, really good, really efficient all through the playoffs. They went at him and got him in foul trouble. It seems like that should always be a strategy: get that guy off the floor if possible. But a double down on it now that Saric is out. Should Aiton just expect a steady diet of Antetokounmpo trying to find him and go right at him? I mean, that's what you do. I mean, I, I cannot see them not doing that. They'll make some adjustments. You know, they're, they're well-coached. 
but that's how valuable he is. I mean, when the when your opponent's best player is seven foot tall and he scores ninety percent of his points a foot or two feet from the rim, uh, yeah, you're going to have to do some things to help. And, and I don't know a lot about the subs and the bigs for Sun. I mean, obviously, Lizanzarek that hurts a lot. Who else that they have that can help? But they have to be sensitive to that. And you know, and sometimes you just got to let them score. I mean, you just can't foul them stupidly and put yourself in a position where you're not on the floor because they need Aiton on the floor. That pick-and-roll stuff that they do throughout the game gives an advantage and puts Booker and Paul in situations where they can hit the mid-range shot. People got to help. And so there's always space for those two. They didn't have as much space last night when Aiton wasn't on the floor. They don't have somebody that replaces him in that, in that setting. Booker obviously didn't make buckets. Uh, you concerned? Uh, I mean, I, I can't think. You know, I've watched him play so much now, and I've never hardly, I never hardly ever watched him play prior to this playoff, these playoffs. And uh, but I, I would, I would, if I was a Suns coach, you know, I, I, I would approach this thing that they know they've had games where they didn't shoot the ball well. Uh, I wouldn't say a lot about it. I wouldn't talk a lot about it. You, you know what you can do, what you're capable of. Uh, it's not very often that, you know, he's one for seven from the three-point line. But that being said, depending on who's guarding him, and, and, you know, when he can create all of that space and when they can get it inside, outside, and have space, he just didn't have a lot of space. Most of his shots were contested. There were a few open. But you're playing in a different arena, in a different environment, and – Let's not forget, he's, he's played a number of playoff games now and been spectacular. But every one of these games is, a, is different and unique in itself. And the Bucks have size and girth, and, and they, they just played with an intensity that the Suns hadn't seen. You know, the Suns controlled everything at home. They had the flow. They had the transition. They were comfortable. Now they're uncomfortable. And for them to win an NBA championship, which I believe they can, I don't know if they will, but I do. They're very much in a position to win this thing, having the home court advantage. Obviously, they play great at home, but the, every game the Bucks win, they win tonight. They're going to go into Phoenix knowing that they can win. You know, they have more confidence. They're got the foot, you know, the pedal, and they're pushing it and pushing it. Every time the Bucks kind of take over in a quarter or take over in a game like this. It gives them more confidence, and the Suns have more questions. The Suns have the advantage because they've played great at home. But uh, the Bucks can take that away from them. They win the second game. Uh, they win the second game. It's going to go seven games. And, and the Suns are going to be tough to beat in the seven-game series at home. But we're at the point now where they're expected to win at home. They, they've done that. They've shown that. They've had an outstanding year in terms of the second-best record in the league. But they'll be pressured. For the first, if they get thing go seven, the pressure will be on the Suns. So I'm always amazed at games when people are really intense and both teams really dialed in. How sometimes guys still just shut off for a couple minutes. And as a coach, it just got to drive you nuts. The play that jumped out at me was well, it ended with a fantastic dunk by Cam Johnson going up over PJ Tucker and posterizing him. But it started because he's inbounding the ball in the back court, which. I guess that is the time to relax. The ball's 65 or 70 feet away from the hoop. 
but he throws it in, and he throws it back towards his own hoop. So now the ball's 75 or 80 feet from the hoop, and two defenders walk up like they're going to trap. They just throw the ball right back to Cam, and he dribbles right down the court, jumps over Tucker, Tucker and dunks. And everyone's looking at Tucker getting posterized, and I get that, but I'm still looking at two guys in the backcourt, and guys... What were you doing? You you hinted it at a double team. You didn't commit to it. That you made it pretty easy for him. What what were you thinking? How many times when you were coaching? And I know it's college kids, not pros. But you look at him and say, "What were you thinking?" <laughs> yeah, I said that a lot of times. And they probably said that to me a lot of times. They're probably wondering, "What what are you thinking, coach?" Uh, no, th- those are inexcusable. Not not at this level, and in this, these circumstances. I mean, you, you've got to get yourself between the ball and the basket and be there. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. The game, the game is so quick, and, and you have to have the physical, not physicality, but you have to have the mental capacity and toughness and understanding that these things can't happen. And, and they do. Things happen, and, and you, you just kind of shake your head because that, that should have never happened. I mean, that's fine. He comes down and gets a dunk, but there better be two or three people back. And, and if, if you're the game plan for the Phoenix Suns, you're playing them, it's, it's three back. It's four back. You know, only one guy goes to the board. I don't care if, time, if it's a timeout or it's a dead ball, everybody's back. And, and I can't, they've been, you know, in Phoenix, Phoenix got transition baskets. They're not getting a lot of time. The Bucks did a good job of getting people back and, creating a wall and doing the things they could and didn't give up a lot of easy threes. There were some open threes they just missed because, hey, they're on the road. They're, they're not comfortable at home. But those things can lose games. It, you, know, you forget about that, but if it's a one- or a two-point game, you think about all the little mistakes that are made in a game where someone just kind of didn't hustle, uh, didn't execute a game plan. It seemed like incidental, well, no big deal, it's just one thing. But it's just those little things. A lot of times games are lost back in the second and third quarter when momentum takes place, and we focus so much on what happened on the last 30 seconds of the game, then we realize, let's go back and look at where all that slippage was. Four times we didn't get back in transition. Three times we came back and didn't know who we were guarding. That kind of slippage in a, in a basketball game, you can lose games in the second and third quarter. It's just the announcers don't talk so much about it unless it's after the game. But you, you watch a game, and most fans go, oh, you know, they, they, they didn't do real well in the last minute. Well, they didn't lose this game or win this game in the last minute. They won or lost it because they did these things in the second quarter and in the third quarter. And that's why you have assistant coaches. That's why you have people watching uh, at, all, at all different perspectives. And those things need to be addressed. And because those are the things that you oftentimes these games aren't lost at the end of the game. When they're we build it up like it's all about the last two minutes, and it, sometimes it is, but you, you can't make those kind of mistakes at that level, and uh, that was obvious. Well, Steve, we appreciate a little time to talk uh, finals, and uh, they, they don't play again until Wednesday, and then they don't play again until Saturday. So, Sunday. Is it Saturday? Yeah, you're going to do it yourself. Uh, talk, talk to you. Yeah, talk to you. PK's got some golf stories. You know, some, there you go. We'll get I, you some know, college football was, lists. We talked to Dave Rose over the weekend. That was fun. Did you? Yeah. You know, you know, it's, it's, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, uh, Tim Lacombe and I and, and Dave had lunch together for a couple hours, and uh, it was so much fun. And, and my, I have a, my son, Skyler, 
and Brock Richner, Dave's son-in-law, are our best friends, and they just moved back to Utah. So it's it's been fun to reconnect and 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 spend time with Dave. And uh, yeah, it was, it was the best. I was in Utah for about ten days. Did play quite a bit of golf as well. But being with Dave was a highlight, and, and he and I and Tim just kind of retold stories, and uh, it, it was fun to be fun to be together again, and just kind of rehashed experiences that we had together. So I'm glad you did. I'm glad you had him on. We were at a concert with him, believe it or not. So hey, Tim, how, how did that go? Tim McCombs' band. Uh, Tim, Tim I, I wanted I, me to stick around for two more days, and I, and I wanted to. And, I, and the first thing I asked him, I said, "What? Well, so tell me the playlist, you know, and about." Two-thirds of the playlist I was cool with, and some of the stuff I didn't know, but did, did it go well? Was it well attended? Yeah, he got the whole radio station there. We were all down there, we and Dave was there, there, and Dan, and Cheryl was there, and yeah. Dave's brother was there, and Tommy Connor was there, Chris Jones was there. So some basketball guys, all the guys from the radio station were there, and some other friends. It was it was fun. It was, it was good to be there. I, I spoke to Dave for about 15 minutes uh, before the show, and he wants to go out to lunch next time where I'm down there. And it was just, it was good to reconnect, as you say. Yeah, no, it was. I, I, yeah, I had, I, we did a lot of things while we were there with our family. And uh, I've got a wife that's got a brother that's up at the Cancer Institute doing, struggling through some of those things, which wasn't necessarily fun, but it was good to see him. It, it was a great trip. And but it, uh, it was highlighted by, uh, by being with Dave and Tim. And uh, I saw some of the video stuff, and it looked good. looked like it was fun. And, uh, yeah, those are cool things when we can get together and just enjoy each other's company and, and reconnect. I mean, that, that's the best thing about our, all your experience and our, my experiences is that the relationships with people. And, uh, you know what, uh, get away from the game and reconnect with people that have had great meaning in our lives. We don't do enough of that. We don't have time sometimes for that. But, uh, yeah, that was definitely my highlight. So it's great to be back in Utah. And it's about 115 here, so anything I can do to stay out of town here, it would be good. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, Steve, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it. You bet, guys. See you. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, joining us every week here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're also joined by Gabe Gomez, general manager for Syringa Networks, who is here to help your company with internet security issues, which are at the top of everybody's list as we read all these stories about malware and ransomware. And Gabe, there is a lot to know. It's a lot to ask for a business to stay on top of it, and that's why people need folks like Syringa Networks. That's exactly the case. Uh, you know, at Syringa Networks, we have a an entire team of professionals dedicated just to cybersecurity and helping our our customers with all the various uh, aspects of it. And there's so many so many things to it and so many things to look out for that uh, at times it can be overwhelming for a, a limited IT staff to uh, really you know patch all the holes as it were. Syringa Networks is advertised as a full-service provider. And for people who aren't really uh, web-savvy, what does that mean? Well, that means that we offer Internet access. We offer uh, fiber optic connectivity. We offer ways to connect your businesses, not just throughout the, the Utah area, but really globally. We offer um, all sorts of different voice services, uh, IT security, managed IT services, uh, really the entire gambit of anything that. Uh, that, that is data related. Um, that's something that is something that we do. And so uh, people get that uh, you know the digital world. You can be anywhere, but I think for a lot of businesses, they still want the comfort factor of knowing somebody's in Utah. 
Yeah, that that's really the case. They want someone that that, that can relate to the, the problems that they that might be experiencing, uh, specific to uh, to this market um, and the environment that that's here. And that's that's exactly what we offer. We have the a local support team, highly trained engineers and technicians and sales professionals and consultants that are here to work with um, with the, the market here in Utah. And what's the best way for people to reach out and contact Syringa Networks to get help with internet, voice, managed IT services, consulting, and fiber optic connectivity? Yeah, there's lots of resources and information on our website at www.syringanetworks.net where you can call our local um, phone number and get a hold of a sales professional and they can... Uh, I'll work with you on whatever questions that it is you may have. Syringanetworks.net or call 385-420-7881. 385-420-7881. Thanks a lot, Gabe. Thank you. The playoffs may be over for the Utah Jazz, but the season never ends on the Zone Sports Network. From the NBA Draft to free agency and on to the Summer League, the Zone will be with the Jazz every step of the way as the Jazz front office builds for the future. Your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Homie. Finally, the way the way real estate should be. Homie, full service, local agents, and you will save thousands. Homie, a better way to buy or sell. Time to get you up to speed on all the stuff we've been talking about, and we just hit some of it right there, if you were with us in the last segment, talking with Steve Cleveland. Two narratives, PK, for your sister. Oh, I thought you were Kyle Whittingham there. And two narratives, two narratives, two narratives, two narratives. <laughs> Bull eligible. You got the Suns. Hey, Milwaukee had more intensity. It was the first game they didn't want to get, get swept here. But the Suns will rally. Booker will get healthy, whatever was going on with him. He was 4 of 13 shooting. He'll be ready for game four. They'll win the game. They'll go home. It'll be a gentleman's sweep. They'll win it at home and celebrate. It'll be a Cinderella story. They'll take it in seven, man. Or, I don't know that, though. Or Giannis Antetokounmpo was held to 20 and 18 in his uh, return game in game one. Now he's popping for 40 points a game in games two and three. He's unstoppable. The team of the best player usually wins the series. The Bucks are going to come back and do this. Scenario one or scenario two? Door one or door two? Well, they lost in game two when he had 40. So if I'm the Suns, I'm certainly you want to find a way to control Yanni a little bit better than you've done. And he made it look too easy. And the shots, it seems like they were not difficult. They were shots that he can make most of the time. And he's going to shoot a very, very high percentage restricted area. I, I, I saw that he, I think it was 12 for 12, so he literally didn't miss. <clears throat> so you've got to find a way to at least make it a little more difficult for him. Uh, the shots that he's taking, they're going to go in a high, high percentage. Uh, so you've got to do that, irregardless of what your guys do. You just have to get, you have to curtail him better. Now, <clears throat> with that in mind, too, they've got to keep big man Aiton out of foul trouble, uh, and they've got to hit their shots, man. And then uh, Bridges only getting four FGAs after scoring twenty-seven. What's going on there? I mean, what, were they ignoring him? You know that that's where Monty and his guys will look at the film every which way. And they'll have uh, real, live, tangible answers as to what happened. Uh, you know, they probably don't have it in the moment. 
you always hear coaches i gotta look at the film so i think that's true but they'll they'll dissect that uh they probably already have there it's uh, pushing 11 o'clock in milwaukee time so i'm sure that they're all over that and they'll they'll meet and figure that stuff out uh so I, i'm not in the panic situation yet for the suns even being up two one but two two in my mind, particularly if it's the way uh, another blowout where it looks so easy, then I think that's a distinct advantage to the, to the Bucks. And I don't know that the Suns can just rely on being at home. Being at home is nice, but you've got to play well, too. It's not just being at home. You have to play well. And, and the, the interesting thing is they got smoked in the second and third quarters, and they were up 36-30 after one. It's looking good for them. They were looking good early in the yeah. second quarter. They were, and I was wondering if just right about the time I'm wondering, well, Milwaukee, are you going to get it going here or not? Are you going to be chasing this game the way you were chasing the first two? Yeah, three zero as a series is done. Done, right? So and, maybe they felt that sense of desperation and turned and it on. And they that go point. on a thirty to nine run, capped by the last ten points of the quarter, and they do the same thing at the end of the third, capped by the last sixteen. It's and and Phoenix, I thought. Came out of the locker room in the third quarter, made a game. They were back within four. They got their feet under him. It was okay at 74-70. And then it just all falls apart. I mean, that was and, – and it was over at the end of the third quarter. I thought the whole fourth quarter was garbage time. I mean, oh, there was, yeah, was time, yeah, was like, and theoretically they could have come back. Out. No, yeah, but there was no – 22 to start the fourth quarter. It wasn't happening. Right. It wasn't happening. That's not happening. You give that maybe three or four minutes and so, you don't cut it in half, forget it. So with game four Wednesday and game five Saturday – the Bucks can keep playing their starters big minutes. Ante Kempo played 38, Holiday played 40, and Middleton played 41. But when you're playing every third day, I don't expect that well, to change the, very much. The, Get you guys out there and this is this is not the regular season here. Right. I mean the end is near. The end is next week, if not this week. I mean, I guess theoretically it could end uh, what you say Saturday. Uh, it could. The Suns could wrap it up Saturday home in game 5. I don't expect that. But We'll have to see how that how that plays. So you got out. Milwaukee winning Game Four then, because Milwaukee's not going to lose, go down three one, and then go to Phoenix and win, are they? That seems unlikely. Ah, uh, yeah, but this has been you brought this up earlier with all these teams losing o two and coming back mm-hmm. and winning. This is that's the fun of this postseason uh, that there's been so much unpredictability when you're thinking. Oh, I remember when we got the news Kawhi Leonard's going di- uh, not going to play. Oh wow, the Jazz got this. They're going to conference finals. And yep. Turns out no. Yep. Uh, and Chris Paul, uh, two games, COVID. Oh, boy, they're they're in trouble. Well, they went, Got right to Cameron it. Payne plays yeah. games of his life that he hasn't come close to recreating. Uh, we all know about Terrence Mann. I mean, he, he, Terrence Mann literally, we saw literally Terrence Mann's best game as an NBA player. We'll never see that again. It's a high watermark. <laughs> never. Now, he has an Everybody opportunity. Everybody in their cars right now. Great. <laughs> he has an opportunity to be in the league for a number of years, which is most important, draw the paycheck. But I don't think he'll ever play like that again. I'd be shocked. So that's what I'm going to remember. I know people want to talk about the negative and the injuries and all that stuff, and that's a part of it, no question about it. But for me, the unpredictability in a league that of all of our pro leagues tends to be the most predictable. And that's what's fun about this. I've enjoyed the offseason for all its unpredictability, the big comebacks. and The playoffs, you mean? Yeah. You said offseason. Oh, excuse me. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, as it turns out, yeah. And I, and I do think for me, I was thinking about this going in, get back on that regular schedule. They I, are. I don't like basketball in this July. late. No. Give me non, in, uh, who gives a crap summer league. 
with guys walking around in shorts in Vegas or up here. We'll have the summer league here the first week of August. But I get they had to do it. So I just, you know, they, they had talked about maybe altering the calendar. Maybe it's because I've just been, it's been drummed in me so much. Uh, I want my Father's Day to be possibly the end of the NBA Finals. That's that's what I'm used to, and I want to continue that. And I know they had to do what they did. So, so you okay with the slow tweaking the NFL has done? Because they're pushing theirs back one week, which a lot of people are excited about. It's not such a big deal on this side of the country because the Super Bowl ends early enough. But back east, they, the holiday on Monday after the Super Bowl on Sunday, because they're going to the 17-game season now for the NFL. So the, there was a time when you can't play the Super Bowl in February. Now they're playing it in the second Sunday in February. I don't care. It's okay. winter. What difference does it make? All right. yeah. I'm so just the one week, the days until we so get moving back a week here and a week spring. there doesn't bug you. But when the it's NFL? a month here and a month there, it bugs you. I'd have to see if the NFL did that. Yeah, they are. It's happening. You're going to live it. No, no. I mean in March. You said a month. Yeah, the month would be a different test. Right. No, a week. Do I even really notice it? Mm-hmm. No. I mean, college basketballs has started earlier and earlier, but it really hasn't ended later. You know, the first Monday in April is as long as we're going to get it. The other end of it, I don't know that it really bothers me at all. It's the ending of it that I'm just used to the calendar. Like, NCAA Monday night, the final game, I always watch it because I know, wow, next week or even that week maybe, it's the Masters. And then we've got spring. And then we've got summer. (laughs) And then we got fall. This is awesome. I got past all the crap. So I love it. My mind, I love it. That's why I get so excited about opening day in baseball. It's baseball. Baseball's outside. The sun's out. The bees, the evenings, blah, 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 on and on. I conjure up these memories as if I'm sitting in the stadium for 162 games, which I'm not, but still I want it. So it's the same thing with basketball. I wanted, I wanted to be at this point. I'm used to talking about free agency. And oh, no, Hayward left. We're doomed. Turns out we're not. And three hours ago, Donovan Mitchell just tweeted out, hungry. I saw that. Now, should he have some pancakes? What do you think? What's, what's he hungry for? Or is he he's just literally hungry? Or, man, I am hungry to win a championship. What, where do we go with that? I thought given the time of day, he was literally trying to decide between the French toast, the waffles, the pancakes, the scrambled eggs. Maybe he wanted an omelet. I don't know. Maybe don't he know wants a ring. He wants to digest a ring. I don't doubt he wants a ring. But I know, of the course, he does. About this but with that hungry, was that referencing more, it? No, I think that was literally he needs breakfast. Really? Yeah. See, when I first thought it, maybe that's why we we're in our 20th year, because when I first thought it, I thought he meant this is coming on the morning after a finals game. He's hungry. He wants to be there. I took it the exact opposite. Not that he wants some chow. If he, had, if he tweeted out during the game, I would have gone with you. But the next day? No, don't tweet it out during the game because the game is going. And the tweets are going to be relative to the game. Okay, so an, hour before, the an hour before, an hour after the game. But the next morning? The next morning, I yes, think when he was people wake up. literally looking to break no, the fast. No, I think he was literally talking about, let's get Conley back and add some other stud. Ryan Smith, spend all that money. You know what? You know what would be the I best breakfast? I want to win. The best breakfast. Well, for you, it's food. Right. <laughs> and then you got the plate full of food. Comida. You got the plate. Stay with me. You got I'm the plate you. full of food, the comida. And then there's the glass of water and the glass of OJ, because I got to hydrate. And I'm celebrating with a little sugar in the morning with that OJ, because right beyond it, 
is that shiny Larry O'Brien trophy on the breakfast table. Yeah! Breakfast the morning after the champion. Literally, the breakfast of champions. (laughs) That would be awesome. I don't know. You should put out a poll, an Insta poll. What do you think Donovan was was referring to when he said hungry? In fact, I'm coming up with that a little late right now, but go ahead. Do it. I'll do it. I'll put it on Facebook for tomorrow. Put it on Facebook and we'll hit it tomorrow. Yeah. And then we'll do the poll tomorrow. Remind me for the poll tomorrow. Okay. All right. uh, Other stuff we talked about. Ronald Acuna Jr., that's a baseball star. Not top-level Shohei Otani star, but he is a star. He's a talented young player. Wrecked his knee, his ACL, on Saturday. Done yeah, for that the sucks, year. man. He was going up, uh, try to catch one up against the mm-hmm. wall, and, leap, and yeah. leap came down and went down. He was crying, yeah. and now it's a 9- to 10-month rehab. I mean, that just goes into the start of next yep. season. Now, he's a young buck. So he should be able to recover. He's got a lot of years in front of him, and the ACL you can come back from, but it still sucks. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. He can come back from it, and I expect he will. Uh, The Dodgers and the Astros with walk-off shots, big rallies. Dodgers with three in the eighth, three in the ninth. That was uh, pretty slick for them. Max Max Muncy won it with a three-run shot. And the Astros with six in the ninth. That was awesome. And then Team USA beaten by Nigeria, a team they beat in the Olympics by 83 points in London. Beats them 90-87 to 87 in Las Vegas. Now, Nigeria had been together for three weeks, and the USA team had been together for a few days, and is well, missing three guys yeah, yeah. in the NBA Finals. Devin I mean, Booker, Jeru Holiday, Chris Middleton. Relatively speaking, this is a weak Olympic team. Yes, and now it's missing three guys. But I still expect them to win. Well, that would be good. You can watch them tonight, USA against Joe Ingles and you. Australia. Yeah. Six o'clock, home run derby. Also at 6 o'clock. And XM will be there. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be flicking back and forth for sure. I have to find out what channel is. Yuck, you got to take care of me, man. I mean, geez, I can't even barely find the remote at my age. Home Run Derby, ESPN <laughs> at 6 o'clock. NBC Sports Network has the USA and Australia at 6 o'clock. I've got your answer. 695 on Comcast Cable in brilliant HD. On DirecTV, it is channel 220. 220. Okay, I'll be there then. Two, 220... And 206 on my DirecTV. You're all set now. Hmm? You pick me up some food? (laughs) What do you want? I'll stop by. Well, what he wants and what he's going to eat are two different things. Good call. He doesn't want to bust loose on a Monday night. On a Saturday night, all bets are off. I'm living his lifestyle right now. Yeah. Being careful on your Monday nights. We did split a hamburger. uh, Before Tim Lacombe. Look at you go. We didn't even have our own separate burgers. We split one. Cheap date. We get a salad and then one hamburger and split it. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Open Championship, the British Open, is this weekend. And Uinta Golf, as always, is lining up our listeners for a win. Be caller 12 right now and see what player you get for this week's Open Championship. If your player wins, you'll receive the same brand of putter. That is in that player's bag. It's brought to you by Uinta Golf, serving Utah golf since 1971. PK was just pricing putters in the $250 range. It's a significant prize. And what golfer are they playing for right now? Why don't we go with Jordan Spieth? Ooh. Dial now, 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Your feedback coming up next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. 
The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty announce another member of the Top 60 players in the state of Utah as we count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the Top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness right here on the Zone Sports Network. The Bucks blasting Phoenix. Is this the beginning of the end for the Suns? And Gary says, why are your questions always in the extreme? It's one game. No one won or lost the series last night. Mm, kind of supposed to like drive emotion. You know, that's that's the key here. I don't want to, you know, let the secret out. Too late. It's out. You know, if you go middle of the road, then you don't get emotion. Brian says, well, Mr. Greek hasn't slowed down, so it's all on the rest of his team if the Bucks are going to win. Oh, if he plays like this, yeah. And if he plays like this? And those guys do what they do. and they are going to win. 120 points tonight, yeah. But is he really going to rattle off a series of 40-point games? That would be super impressive, I man. I think he had one in the playoffs going through the East. Now, he had it when he really needed it in Game 7 against the Nets. It did go OT, so he got a little extra time to play. Yeah, uh, we'll have to see on that. Uh, if he plays like this, man, the the thing about it is it just makes so it makes everything so much easier for the other guys. That it does. Lenana says, "Oh, I hope championship bucks!" Three exclamation There's points. There's no way we have bucks fans in this community. There's just absolutely no way. Come Ma- on, Mario says, "Nope." Period. Mario's all in on the Suns. I do know of one Bucks fan that lives here, but they are from Milwaukee and they are only here for school. Okay, yeah. If you're if you're from Milwaukee, then but he's talking about in real numbers. Sure, yeah, I, yeah. Jenny says, "Not a chance. This is just what happens." Suns in five. Jenny pointing out that sweeps are rare. Oh, they they are. drop one in a best sweep. of seven. Big deal. And the one you drop is their first home game in the NBA Finals since 1974 when there's bound to be a ton of emotion. Now, turn that around and do it again. Sustain that. Good luck with that. That's what Jenny's saying. Uh, sure, yeah, but I wonder how much of this was built on emotion rather than just uh, efficiency. Uh, but the Suns didn't match it for sure. Now they have to go around and match it. I think that Phoenix is hoping for Game Five, and Colangelo has made a big deal. He's going to be there, like Jesus Himself is going to be there. <laughs> Jerry Colangelo. I mean, interestingly, they both have the same initials, JC. You know what I mean? There you go. <laughs> By the way, we got to go here in a second. But you've already posted on Monday morning. Donovan Mitchell tweet out one word: hungry. What do you think he means? Yeah. And Cody posted a gif of Dwight Schrute from the office just attacking waffles. Attacking. Cody, that's funny. You're funny, Cody. Good work. I think it means more than that. I think it's just why why Monday after the finals is he hungry? And we'll get to that tomorrow. Okay. We'll get to that tomorrow. DJ and PK. Time to welcome in Gabe Gomez, Syringa Networks, general manager. Gabe, you got a lot of people calling you for a lot of different types of IT help. What are you hearing most often? Most often are, are folks uh, looking to better secure their, their IT infrastructure. And a lot of them have uh, sent uh, workers uh, to work from their homes or they have a hybrid situation set up and they really want to ensure that um, all those endpoints are secure and that their employees can be as productive as, as if they were in the office. 
And then are you still hearing a lot about uh, how to work with remote employees and how to expand and have more people work remotely? Yeah, that's uh, still definitely a, a thing uh, for sure. Uh, even though a lot of businesses have done this, uh, what, they, what we found is that uh, many haven't done it in the most effective and efficient way possible. And uh, one of the things that uh, we're, we're finding a lot of is uh, customers uh, looking uh, for secure, for enhanced security type services like VPNs and things of that nature that we can certainly help them out with. It's certainly a lot of stuff can be done uh, over Zoom and over the phone and all that, but uh, you're advertising local sales and engineering professionals who can meet to jointly develop IT and telecom solutions. So it's not just dealing with emergencies, it's planning for the future in person. Yeah, that, that's for sure. We can, uh, our consultants and sales professionals and highly trained engineers are, are available to meet with you. If you want to meet remotely, we certainly can via Zoom or Teams, or we can actually go out and meet with your IT staff as well and kind of uh, look at your requirements and map out the strategy for, uh, for security, for growth, for what have you. And as all these companies come to you with ideas, I suppose that makes the next meetings even more lucrative for the businesses that contact you. You guys must have a lot of, uh, a lot of experience and seen a lot of business plans as companies try to save money. Yeah, that's a huge advantage there for sure, is that we, we get a, a ton of different looks into different practices and what, uh, what's worked well, what hasn't worked well. And so we bring with us that wealth of experience that uh, we can help your IT teams with. What's the best way to contact you, you and uh, your whole team at Syringa Networks? Yeah, there's a ton of resources about IT security and uh, different data type of telecommunications aspects um, on our website at www.syringanetworks.net, or you can call us here locally. The number to call Gabe is 385-420-7881. Call Syringa Networks at 385-420-7881. That's 385-420-7881. Thank you, Gabe. Thank you. Gabe Gomez, Syringa Network's general manager. When we come back, Hans and Scotty take over right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.